0: Good morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, and so glad to have you along with me today as we talk about things in the Bible and how we ought to think about them, how we ought to apply them and see our lives change, and then we pray about it. I like on Saturday mornings to talk about a contemporary issue, and this is Pride Month. That should tell you something right there. LGBTQI plus Pride Month. And a pastor in Texas recently made headlines, at least in some circles, because he preached a sermon and advocated that we should kill homosexuals. Now, of course, the Westboro Baptist Church for years, they were really big in this. They would go places and and protest at funerals of soldiers, American soldiers who died in battle and God's judging America. And these guys died because God's judging, and we need to kill the homosexuals. They made a lot of headlines, even though that's a really, really, really small church, mostly related to uh, Fred Phelps, their founder. But stuff like that is inflammatory speech like that gets headlines. It gets coverage. It's kind of like in the news industry, what they tell us is, if a dog bites a man, that never makes the cover the news. But if a dog if a man bites a dog, that makes the news. And so the Westboro Baptist Church, and dare I say this fellow down in Texas recently, and others who make pretty outlandish statements, make the news. But how do we respond? What do we as Christians say when someone asks us, hey, do we believe that homosexuals should be put to death? Do I believe that? I get asked that on campus. And I'd like to read a little story from my book called Taking It to Their Turf, which, by the way, if you've not read it yet, I had dinner last night with a fellow I've known for years, actually been a faithful supporter of our ministry for years, but he didn't even know I'd written it. And uh, I thought we've sent a copy to all of our supporters. If you support our ministry and you've never received one, please write and let us know. We'll send you a copy. Or if you'd like a copy, write and let us know. Tom Shore, go to Tom Shore Campus. Excuse, I'm sorry, go to TomThePreacher.com. Hit the request. Let us know. We do prefer someone donates, but if you can't, we'll send you a copy. And um and, and I'd love you to read a copy. And so anyway, back to this. And I'll. So years ago, University of Maryland, back in the early 1980s, maybe about 82. I'd like to just read a story of what time when I was asked, should we kill homosexuals? In my early days at the University of Maryland, one fellow we'll call Alex was a particularly articulate spokesman for the gay agenda. I believe he was the president of what was then known as the Gay Lesbian Alliance. Simply, they've since then, they've added a lot of other letters to their the L G, you know, more than just the gay lesbian. Despite occasional heated exchanges, Alex and I got along pretty well. He and I both enjoyed the opportunity to present our cases in hopes of persuading those listening to embrace our position. In those days, students were far more open-minded to hear both sides of this issue than they are today, and that's true. Most people that the so polarized today, people won't even listen to another side. And so Alex and I, we did get along pretty well. And um, I think we had somewhat of a mutual respect for one another and the the ability to articulate our positions. Anyway, one day, Alex cornered me. He He would prepare for me, by the way. He'd be out there every day, and I was out on campus every day. Here's what he asked. Tom, the Bible says we should stone homosexuals. Do you believe we should kill homosexuals? I'd never given much thought to this question. But I could see my dilemma. If I said no, he would point out that I don't really believe the entire Bible to be true. If I said yes, the audience would consider me a hateful extremist. I avoided giving a direct answer. I don't want to kill homosexuals, I said. I want to convert homosexuals. Most of the audience appreciated the answer. Score a point for me. But Alex was persistent. What about those who won't convert? Should we kill them? Again, I neither wanted to advocate killing homosexuals, nor did I want to distance myself from my belief in the Bible. I tried several times to wiggle around the question, but Alex kept pressing me to answer. Should we kill homosexuals who, don't, who won't convert to Christ? Yes or no? There was no way out. I needed to give a direct answer. Here's the best response I had. I said, I'm not saying we should kill homosexuals, but if we do, maybe we should start with the man who first seduced you into it. It was a wild stab in the dark, because I didn't know how Alex first got involved in the gay lifestyle. Evidently, I hit the nail on the head. Alex stood there speechless just staring at me for several seconds in absolute silence. Seemingly oblivious to the crowd around us, he uttered, Maybe you're right. Changing the focus from Alex being a villain to him having been a victim seemed to resonate with him. In the following weeks, he continued to come to the preaching, but he was not nearly as confrontational as before. I'll never know all that went in on in his mind and heart as a result of that day. This all happened about the time AIDS first came on the scene in America. In time, it would claim the lives of tens of thousands of homosexuals. A few months after our conversation, AIDS took the life of Alex. Imagine my shock when I learned of his death because of a very public AIDS research fundraising effort held in his honor the fellow who demanded i take a stand on whether or not we should kill homosexuals died a horrible death from a disease contracted as a result of his homosexual activity it's quite a story it's a true story all my stories in this book are true and if you haven't read it again i think write me get a copy if you'd like to leave a donation, do, but you don't have to. Get a copy because it's a book that will inspire you with what's going on on our world, on our campuses, and what was on our campuses is now spread throughout the whole world. But what what do we do? I mean, how do how would I answer this today? I must say I'm far more articulate today, and I've got a better answer because when Alex cornered me there, I that's the first time I'd ever been answered that ask that question. Have you been asked that question? Do you know how to answer if someone says, do you think the Bible commands we kill homosexuals? And you know what? This is promoted. This is said. The LGBT people saying this, and this is why a lot of people in this generation, this younger generation, have completely written off the Bible, because they think the Bible, they see it as a book, basically, who should we kill, who should we hate, and they, in the other side has been so effective in positioning the Bible as a book of hate and how to kill and who to kill and so on, and, and obviously they say, we want nothing to do with that book. What does the Bible actually say? Well, you we start with Leviticus. This is a well-known verse, and people talk about it. I sometimes joke uh, that the people, you know, it's like you're a Bible scholar. Are you? Do you, you know, people talk about this. Anyway. Here's the verse they know. If there's a man who lies with a male as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act, they shall surely be put to death. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. There it is. Right in the book of Leviticus, the declaration of the death penalty for homosexuals. Well, how about in the New Testament? Does the New Testament change things? Romans 132 and this is the verse that the fella the, the the preacher down in Texas was preaching he preached Leviticus and this one although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death they not only do the same but also give hearty approval to those who practice them this is found in Romans 132 and it follows the progression or the de- degression of Romans 1, that were people to reject God, and then God would give them over to immorality, and then God would give them over to idolatry, and then immorality, then homosexuality. And the last four verses of the chapter talk about giving over to a depraved mind to do the things that are improper. Well, to be fair, in Romans 1, this comment, this statement that those who practice such things are worthy of death, and the idea that we celebrate it, is a lot more than homosexuality. It includes the whole, I mean, 21 things I believe it is in the last four verses of of uh, Romans 1 that include everything from slander and disobedience and rebellion and, and all kinds of things that I don't think anyone's advocating that we should, that even though the, in the judgment of God those people be worthy of death, that I don't know I'm even advocating that we execute people for all of those many, many, many things in the end of Romans chapter 1. And I think that some of this, if I dare say, I think some of what we're talking about here is accurate theology. In the Bible, you always ask, who is something addressed to? You can get in big trouble if you are looking at verses that might be addressed to someone else and think they apply to everyone. Now, all Scripture applies to all of us somehow. But not every verse applies to every situation. For instance, in the Old Testament, we have laws, some are moral laws, like you shall not kill and you shall not commit adultery and you shall not steal. These apply to every person. But there are ceremonial laws that don't apply to every person. If you touch a dead person, how you have to wash before you can go in the temple. Are you allowed is a woman allowed in into in the temple during her, her period? Uh, how about, you know, which foods can you eat? What are things you're allowed to touch? Touch These are laws that were we call the ceremonial laws that relate to the Jewish worship, and they were cleanliness laws that don't necessarily relate to all of us today. This is part of what was discussed in the book of Galatians and in the council at Acts chapter 15. And so these ceremonial laws, you and I are not under them as, as believers. We can learn from them. There's something of interest there. There might be all scriptures got application to it, but are we, you know, if 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 you touched a dead person yesterday, are you not allowed to go to church tomorrow? Eh, not necessarily. That's not what, what we we believe is taught. And then there's a third type law, and that's the civil law, and that is in ancient Israel, what were the punishments for breaking other laws? Yes, you could be put to death for homosexuality. You could be put to death for disobeying your parents. You could be put to death for, for violating the Sabbath. There are many punishments there, but we don't live in ancient Israel. We, I live in the United States, and I'm under the laws of the United States and the state of Ohio where I live. And Romans 13, I believe, teaches that we should be honoring and living under those laws. And so if you ask me today, should we put a homosexual to death here living in the state of Ohio, I would say no. We should not. I, don't, I would say the Bible does not teach that we should do that, The Bible, because that's not the law of our land. Is it morally wrong? Yes. Does God say it's wrong? Yes. Should we be celebrating homosexuality? No. Should we punish them with death? I don't advocate that. I don't, I don't, listen for this, I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. Not only as a personal thing, I don't believe the Bible teaches that that's what we should be doing in our day to day. God does seem to give us freedom, uh, a degree of freedom in the world in which we live. What should we be doing? Well, exactly what I said earlier. In John 3, we live in a time now where where Jesus gave, you know, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. The next verse He says, for God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Brothers and sisters, what does God want today? Our God is a God of love. Our God is a God of compassion. Our God is a God of mercy and forgiveness. I believe the heart of God today is to see people saved. Jesus came to save people. There will be a day of judgment coming for the LGBT sins and for every sin for your sin and my sin. You may have never engaged in this sin, but there is a day of judgment coming for all sin. But today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of mercy. Today is a day where God offers forgiveness. Repent and believe the gospel. Come to Jesus Christ. Get on the path of life. Come to Jesus as the Savior of the world. Allow Him to make you a new person, a new creature. That's the message of our day. And so what I said to Alex years ago, I don't want to kill homosexuals. I want to convert homosexuals. Well, I believe that, and it is possible. We live more and more in a world today where people say, no, you can't change it because it's your, it's your orientation. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that God can save anyone and transform anyone and every one of us were once lost in our sin and those of us who've come to Jesus Christ have been made new and alive through faith in him. This is our message. This is our message. It may be easy to, to really speak against homosexuality because we see the corrupting influence that it's had in our culture. And and we're, we're questioning, you know, how much do I... You know, what is my motive? and Am I just trying to make a moral culture, a moral world? Friends, I say what I say about homosexuality because I love them. I want to be clear about that. I don't say it because of a hope that we're going to make America just this wonderful, perfect, moral place. I'd like that, of course. That's not, that's not what I say what I say. I say what I say because I love them. And I know all sin corrupts. It corrupts the person, the person involved, and it corrupts others around them. This is a corrupting sin. We love people. We don't hate them. We, we, we love people. And that's why we offer them a way of escape and a way of salvation and a way of forgiveness. We love, we love them. We love their victims, just like with Alex. I loved Alex. The person who seduced him into that, which obviously he was admitting. We love everyone. We want to give everyone a hope of salvation. This is what God came to do. This is the hope of salvation. So, Father in heaven, today we pray. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We confess that all of us are worthy of your judgment. All of us have done things worthy of death. All of us have done things worse than death. We've done things worthy of hell. We've done things worthy of eternal judgment. We confess, Lord, that we confess this is the case, and we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our rescuer, our redeemer, who takes sinful people and makes us makes them into new creatures, where the old things pass away and new things come. And we just say, hallelujah. Thank you. And we thank you that your arm is not so short that it cannot save. That there really is no one beyond your reach. Some people that we could look at and think are horribly lost. They are horribly lost, but they're not too lost for you. You came to seek and to save the lost, Jesus. And we thank you for this, and we bless you for this, and we worship you. How we pray, Lord, for a revival in America, and we pray for those who are far, far away. We pray for those who've been told that you don't love them, or you don't care about them, or, or because of... Christians' actions, they, they think that you hate them. Father, you, you hate sin, but you love sinners. This is our message. Jesus, you came to seek and to save sinners. You came to die for sinners. And for this, we are grateful that your grace reached us, and it can reach far, It can not only reach us, it can, through us, can reach a multitude of others. We bless you in this month, Lord, how we pray in Jesus' name that this deception that is upon Millions of people in our in our culture, millions of people in this LGBTQ, their deception upon them. We believe it is a it's deception, a demonic delusion. And how we pray, Father, in Jesus' name for eyes to be opened, ears to be opened, hearts to be opened, minds to be opened to understand the salvation found in Jesus Christ. That you don't hate them, we don't hate them, we love them and offer them hope i pray for this we pray for amazing testimonies conversions salvations we'd ask for it and we thank you it's possible in the name of our god and through our lord jesus christ hallelujah we bless you and praise you in jesus name amen amen and amen okay hopefully this was helpful if you've got further questions Leave them in the comments below. I'll try and respond to them if I can, maybe even tomorrow's video. Because we're here every single day, 8.30 a.m., we come together, get in the Word of God, talk about it, pray about it. Because we're not once a week, once a month, once a year, or just when I feel like a Christian. We want to be strong Christians, and that means we're everyday Christians. We show up every day. We get in the Word of God every day. And I offer this as an opportunity to help your time in the Word of God, to help encourage and strengthen you. So I hope you come back and join us. A number of us come here every day, live, or you can listen later, or you can uh, listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google uh, podcast platforms. But I hope you join me. And if you're new, make sure you subscribe, hit the notify. You know how to do this so that you're here every day and you hear that and you get in the Word of God. I want you to be a mighty Christian not a weak Christian. you got to feed your soul with the Word of God if you want to be strong. In our day, we need to be mighty in God's Word. So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, keep you, make you a mighty Christian, fill you with His peace, His joy, and His love. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.